The Cowboys and Eagles have kicked off, and it's time for the good, the bad, and the box score. Here's Lamar on a run. Hello, everyone. It's another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Box Score, your weekly recap from the JWB team. I am White. You can find me on Twitter at YP underscore FF. Today, I am joined by Jake Perry underscore FF on Twitter, filling in for Justin while he's on a little vacation. Jake, this week six, man, not great. <laughs> How you doing? It honestly, we talked about this before the show, but like I, I'm winning in like every league except for the one that I care most about not losing in. So it's it's it it does feel like it's gone horrible this week, but it's been an interesting week of football to say the least. Winning on your fantasy teams can definitely help uh, the games that we saw <laughs> this week because there was a lot of bad football. I would say a lot of uh, underscoring to what we thought would we would get. I'll I'll take any football. Like, I, I just want to make yeah. that clear. I'll take any yeah. football, but also, like, I painted my wife's room, and, like, watching the paint dry was more interesting than a few <laughs> of these games were. Very, very true. First, we got to talk about some injuries that happened today. We've got Kenny Pickett and Cameron Wright picking up concussions. The Kenny Pickett one, I I haven't actually seen video of it yet, so I don't know how bad it looked, but I know the Cameron Wright one looked real bad. He got, he got taken on a stretcher, and it's his second one in... A short period of time right yeah he had one two weeks ago Pickett, i it looked like he just kind of got hit as he threw and then more just fell he walked off the field under his own power um okay. walked off with the you know the i don't know if it's the team neuro specialist or the independent one uh, but he walked off it didn't look that bad to me um but you know anytime obviously concussions are a concern no matter what so even if it doesn't yeah. look that bad you know it's something to we definitely obviously have to keep an eye on at this point yeah, I mean, no one's probably starting Kenny Pickett at this point. Maybe in some Superflex leagues yeah. you might have, even though you probably weren't excited to do it. But Cameron Brake going down opens the door back open for Kate Otten, who played for him a couple weeks ago when he was out and played pretty well, commanded a good amount of targets, did pretty well for himself. If Cameron Brake uh, has to miss some extended amount of time, like there's a possibility that Kate Otten is like a streaming tight end. Yeah, it's definitely like it's he's a guy that I know a lot of people were semi high on coming into the year. And when he did play a couple weeks ago, he had seven targets, two red zone targets. Um, so like it, the clearly like the talent is there. Brady kind of trusts him right away. So he he definitely comes into, you know, instant streaming territory in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, next injury to talk about Dion Jackson left the game late with a quad injury, was playing pretty darn well. Before leaving that game, uh, we we this is another thing we were talking about before, before the show where like I I feel bad about my rankings. You know, I thought it was gonna be a fifty fifty split with Philip Lindsay, but like you were starting him in most places where you got him because yeah. it's just like you know he looked he's looked good. You know why can't why can't we just use Jonathan Taylor like him? That's my right. question. Like why yeah. is why is Deion Jackson getting ten targets, fifteen like fifteen carries or whatever it ended up being? Like why is 
a guy who wasn't on like he wasn't really yeah. on the roster to start the year like why is he getting the workload that we all want our superstar running backs to be and maybe it's because they're the superstar and because he's you know in theory the third stringer they're like let's just give him the ball every time mm -hmm. if he gets hurt he gets hurt or is this finally like matt ryan realized oh i can dump it off to a running back like is is the, is Deion Jackson what it took for that to happen? Because I've been wanting Jonathan Taylor in the in the places I have him to do this all year. Naheem Hines, good player, not good enough to stop Jonathan Taylor from being able to have this role. I I think Deion Jackson should be the Naheem Hines for the Colts for the rest of the year. Like he should be the one playing passing downs. He was looked like he was holding his own pass yeah. blocking. This is a a team that sacked Matt Ryan five times that the last time they played him and they didn't sack him once in this game. Like it's, I, I think something... it's a take that makes sense because he's every bit of shifty and athletic as Naheem Hines, but he has legit NFL size. Yeah. It's like, and he also just looks like a football player. Like I hate using that analogy, <laughs> but like, right. I, I know he, he like, when you watch him, everything he does is fluid. Like he looks natural. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Naeem Hines, not to knock him, not to say he's not any of that, but it just feels like he feels more like an athlete that's plugged into a football role. Whereas Deion Jackson feels like a football player. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Next one is Skylar Thompson left the game with a thumb injury, but th he was just a place filler. You know, while we wait for Tua to come back, there's not much to talk about there. Randall Cobb going down with a high ankle sprain. This one matters a little bit. He is he was coming off a big game, but you know we weren't really expecting those kinds of games. But I think he was at least a player that, like in deep leagues, like he was someone you could like throw a dart on occasionally. Yeah, like I had him in my Scott Fishbowl lineup this week because I was I, I have like five guys who are on by three guys who are hurt that I don't want to drop. So it was like. Do I take the shot on him or do I start a fourth kicker? Like, what do I do? And I just decided to take the shot on him. And obviously that didn't work. But I mean, we know he's a guy that is familiar with the system. He's familiar with Aaron Rodgers. He gets targets from Rodgers pretty much any time. Like he's he's that little safety net that, that sits in the soft zones. And obviously mm -hmm. that's not going to happen anymore, at least for the <laughs> next few weeks. Last injury we have Marquise Brown very late in the game left. It's a foot or an ankle. We're not totally sure at the time of this recording but this one is probably the most impactful injury we've got here uh he was playing very well wide receiver one um we did have deandre hopkins coming back so it's gonna be interesting to see how they work together but now it's looking like it's just gonna be deandre hopkins taking his place as he comes back uh because from what i understand is he was having trouble putting any weight on that foot yeah so he would, i'm, I'm he worried got... this is multi-week injury yeah, he had trainers on both sides helping him off. Like it was, it, it was nothing. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like they were down ten, three and a half minutes left of the game, and he gets thrown a jump ball that he probably shouldn't have been thrown, and like that's yeah. how he goes down. It, it, it sucks when any player gets injured. Obviously, from a fantasy perspective, it sucks even more when it's a premier player who's been getting phenomenal, you know, phenomenal targets. He, he's been performing, and, and just to watch him go down the way he did, like it just sucks. Yeah. Hopefully DeAndre Hopkins returning helps keep Kyler Murray afloat. Although he's Kyler's been, you know, kind of waffling, you know, he, he, he's really bad for three quarters. He usually picks up some points in the fourth quarter and he's still a QB one. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little bit worried about that offense right now. Definitely this week, obviously it's a little bit better for Kyler. Like he ran for a hundred yards. Like obviously yeah. if you get 10 points out of your quarterback. <laughs> Like yeah. minimum, and then their passing stats start to count. Like obviously that's cool, but it's still one of those things where it's like they just never have really like been able to put it together for 
even really two quarters of football straight, it feels like. Like, it's so up and down. And yet somehow, fake sharp Cliff Kingsbury gets an extension on his contract. Uh, I don't honestly, know. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't get it. He, he feels like the guy who like succeeded. And then now that he has some problems, he doesn't know how to get out of it. And so he just keeps mm-hmm. doubling down on the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Tough scene. Not great. <laughs> Let's move on to our best and worst performances. As a reminder to all listeners or viewers, this isn't just straight up the best performances or worst performances of the week. These are the ones that look like to, to be the most impactful best and worst performances. We're starting off best Jamar chase getting back on track, 10 targets, seven catches, 132 yards, two touchdowns. There was, there was some concern for Jamar chase building for him as he struggled uh, to really put up any fantasy numbers lately. There were concerns about how he was being used and uh, hopefully no one ever panicked too much here on Jamar chase. He's an elite talent and he yet again showed us why today. Yeah. I tweeted before the week, um, before the games this week that like his stat line this year was eerily similar to Deontay Johnson's like still getting volume, just not really doing a whole lot with it. And it was just the role that he was kind of thrust into for whatever reason was a really short yardage target guy. Like I get the, I get the idea of like, get the ball in his hands and see what he could do, but he's not yeah. like a Tyree kill where you can throw him a two yard screen. He's going to run a total of 250 yards around the field <laughs> yeah. and somehow only get like a 30 yard gain out of it. Like he's a guy like, yes, if you get him the ball, like we saw today, he can break a tackle, get into the end zone. Yeah. But I, my, our subscriber league, I'm so happy that he finally is doing something because I'm like, <laughs> I was get, I'm two and three right now looking to be three and three after this week. Sorry, Nate. Um, but <laughs> Chase coming back in a big way is helping a lot of fantasy teams. And I do know, sadly, there are a lot of teams who have panicked on him. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I hope you didn't panic too hard. I hope the returns for him were still very good. But this is why he's in your lineup every single week. And this really isn't that different than what we saw last year at times either. Like there were times last year when yeah. he would just disappear for a couple games. Yeah, I was getting DMs from people on Twitter asking like basically about trading for Chase. And they're like getting offers. Like uh, I remember one in particular, someone had the offer of they trade away their Dalvin Cook for Jamar Chase. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I make that trade. Yeah, easily. Very, very easily. Like that's one where if I can get some of those running backs who still have a lot of name value, if I can get them off my roster for some of these guys, you know, that's something I'm probably going to do every time. But I hope if I hope if you were in the league with somebody who panicked for Jamar Chase about Jamar Chase, I hope you were on the receiving side of that panic and you were able to pull yeah. off a good trade to get them on your rosters. Yeah. Moving on to our next best performer, Matt Ryan, showing up, showing he still got a little bit left in the system. 42 of 58, 389 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Played extremely well against the Jaguars defense, which has been playing pretty well this year, better than anyone expected. This was a big day for Matt Ryan. Not something I don't think anyone saw remotely close to coming. Seeing as I bet I, he's probably my most rostered quarterback too in super flex leagues. And I think I benched him basically everywhere. <laughs> so of course. Uh, you're welcome people. I I've got a few of those this week. Um, mm-hmm. So you're welcome for the Matt Ryan breakout. But yeah, I mean, I watched most of that game. That game was um, 
probably the one that I caught the most of. And and when you have the connection to Michael Pittman working, that just keeps that offense moving so smooth. You know, he's getting the volume. Deion Jackson, obviously, coming out of the backfield. We talked about him. Like, if you're able to get those seven, eight-yard dump-offs every single time, that's it's as good as a – you know, they don't call it a run through the air for nothing. Like, it's, it's super valuable. Paris Campbell had a good role. Alec Pierce obviously had the huge catch at the end of the game that did a lot for them. Like, if, if that kind of thing is happening, Matt Ryan shows why he is still – worthy of being rostered at least in two quarterback leagues and why yeah. he still, you know, can put up quarterback one numbers at any time. Yeah. It was, it was nice to see Michael Pittman get the bounce back game. He had a couple down weeks. Uh, I know that Michael Pittman is someone I thought of very highly coming into the year. So Same. I was starting to, you know, sweat it a little bit that we had a, some down weeks, but it's good to see him get back on track. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take 13, 134 pretty much any day of the week. <laughs> Absolutely. Now it's time for some somber news. Elijah Moore, no targets today. We're dropping Elijah Moore, right? Yeah, I already have pretty much everywhere that I have him. It's 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 one of those things where he's an he's a very talented football player. I think in almost any other NFL offense, he would be doing things differently. But it's just the system doesn't fit him, or Zach Wilson doesn't fit him, or Joe Flacco like. There, it's too many things at this point. Like it just to, I'd rather him just sit on waivers. If uh, you know, God forbid an injury happens, like maybe he's somebody I consider picking up, but like I dropped him yeah. this week. I started DJ Moore instead. I somehow made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, Incredible like, that that was the correct decision. Yeah. That, oh, ooh. yeah. But I mean, it's just, it's again, it sucks whenever you see a guy that is super talented. We've seen him be successful in the NFL was very successful in college. Just he's just gone. He's just running wind sprints. Yeah, it was like I want to I like I wanted to believe for redraft. I, I continued to want to believe because he's too talented of a player for this to continue. It's what like you said, it didn't make sense. So when something doesn't make sense, like I can't come up with a reason, a real reason why. I want to still believe in the talent. But we're now at the point where I'm just gonna say, doesn't matter that I can't understand it. It's it's happening. And I just have to understand that 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 it's happening. Yeah, and it's like it's he's running some of the most routes in football that may change after this week, but he was 10th or ninth in routes were on coming into this week. Like he's out there every play it's and told this week, obviously he ran like 68 ish, 64, 68% of the snaps this week. But like, just what is he the (laughs) fifth? Is he the fifth read on a fourth on like a play that's got four reads? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and I do do not care that Zach Wilson only threw the ball 18 times this game. It's irrelevant to me because zero targets is an issue. It's just a problem. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he only threw 18 times. Even if he had his season target rate or target share of 15%, if he had 15% of 18 targets, I don't even know if that math's possible, but <laughs> if he had three targets, I'd be less worried. If he had two, if he had a target, I would be less yeah. worried. But a guy of his caliber and what we all probably spent what sixth, seventh round draft capital on to just yeah. be a zero week in and week out. Like it just, I cut bait a couple weeks ago. And if I was holding on to any hope at this point, it's gone. Next worst player, Aaron Jones, nine carries, 19 yards, four targets, three catches, 25 yards, no touchdowns. This offense looks pretty bad. Uh, it's an offense that I mostly faded all offseason, although I had some interest in Aaron Jones and to a degree, A.J. Dillon. But this is a problem, <laughs> like because we we were able to rely on Aaron Jones for most weeks. But, 
but seeing this kind of a game for him in a in a game in which you would expect the Packers to be able to have some success offensively, or at least be in the game enough and have Aaron Jones involved enough for him to not be a dud for you. This was concerning for me. Yeah. I I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not as worried about him as I am a lot of other players if they were to be in the similar position. Like I still think he's gonna get a role. He's still you know, is getting targets. Obviously there was always going to be some concern with him being in like a near 50, 50 split with AJ Dillon. And that was especially prevalent in this game. Um, though maybe some of that was the fact that like Jordan love came in. I don't, I didn't see, I didn't watch the end of this game. Um, so I don't know, maybe Dylan just played, you know, all of the snaps from a certain point of the game on, but like, it's just, it, that's kind of always what Aaron Jones was though. Like the people that I know that have always faded Aaron Jones, it was like, he would have stretches like this where he'd put up, like he'd get a lot of touches and then it'd be like seven points. I, it's just kind of who he is as a player. Like if this offense isn't moving, it's normally one because Aaron Jones isn't moving, but also he's not the guy like he's not a Christian McCaffrey where he's going to stomach the entire load and can break a, you know, a 50 yard run or a 50 yard reception off at the end of the game. Like it's just, he's not a superstar. He's a very good player. So I'm not worried, but it's like, it obviously sucked if he was in your lineups. But like you said, I I have a couple Lazard shares in best ball, and that's really it. Maybe I should really just extend my concern, as I mentioned, basically the, the offense in general, yes. and because you know they throw the Packers throw the ball forty five times today, forty one of which by Aaron Rodgers, who continues to be just an awful draft pick this mm-hmm. year. Um, and only ten points against the Jets. I mean, the Jets have been playing well, but like. You don't expect Aaron Rodgers to only put it be able to ten points up against the Jets, and you know when he throws when they throw the ball this many times, Aaron Jones only sees four targets. Like that seems like a mistake. Maybe that's just a mistake on the Packers' yeah. part to not try and get him involved well, more. I don't know. I don't get how you're playing a team like the Jets when you know that you. Let's be real here. Your best wide receiver is. I'll say solid. He's above <laughs> yeah. okay, but he's yeah. not quite good. Sauce Gardner as a rookie, one of the best corners in football already. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that's even hyperbole. I think it's just very true. DJ Reed is playing very, very well. I don't, and, and that's why you see Tanyan, who had a good game, who we'll, I know we'll talk about him in a little bit. But like Tanyan has 12 targets, 10 receptions, 90 yards. And then the running backs just have nothing. Like, how are you not running? Run a bubble screen to a wide receiver, run wheel routes with your running backs. Like, get them in motion, get them moving, get some disconnect yeah. possible out there because you're not beating those two. You're not beating DJ Reed and sauce Gardner with Alan Lazard and Romeo dubs. You're just not going to do it. And that right. is why Lazard had his 35 yard touchdown. That was great. That's it. Dubs yeah. four catches, 21 yards on nine targets. Like he's not a good route runner. He's not surprising <laughs> sauce Gardner with anything. Like there was a couple routes that I saw where I was like, I could have ran a better route than that. Like it's just, <laughs> I don't get how you look at the offense and like, how are you giving, how are you giving this many targets to this many bad players when you have guys like AJ Dillon, who even I'm not the highest person on AJ Dillon in the world. Like, how is he not more involved? How is Aaron Jones? Like I'll put all of them back there. Just run a constant two back set and have one block and one run a route and just alternate it and figure it out. Like, I feel like that'd be a more effective way to use the offense. I mean, we've talked about a lot. They're two of the better players on that offense. You'd think, they want to have them involved all throughout the game, but we're still not quite getting 
getting enough of it. Especially when like the offensive line is, is like, I don't want to call it bad, but it hasn't been playing well. Like there's just something like, I just don't get how you don't get a little bit more creative. And that's always kind of been my knock on Matt LaFleur. Like he's never going to be the most creative guy. His, his offense, like his teams are never like, they're never the, you know, they're not, not Brian Dabble who's running Saquon direct snaps mm-hmm. like 10% of the time. Like they're not using, like even Luke Getze, like obviously formerly in the system, like he's even come up with some more creative plays than anything that I've seen the Packers run this year. Yeah. Like it's just, you got to do something different. You can't just, Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He can't win games for you at 39 with no wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on to some additional weekly notes, Jake, I want to give you a quick round of applause before I love the call on crushing the competition. The first thing you say out of your mouth is play Atlanta's defense. What do they do? Score a touchdown. I love it. Score a touchdown, two picks. I'll take that any day of the week. It, this, that was a pure example of like, it's a little bit of a gut feeling, but it was also just like playing the matchup to an extent. Like mm-hmm. the, I said it on the show. If you don't listen to it, get over there, listen to it. You should. Be. <laughs> um, but the the 49ers offense was giving up the 10th most points to fantasy defenses. The, you know, the Falcons team say what we want about the offense, about the misuse of Drake London and Kyle Pitts. The defense has been relatively solid enough this year. The team has kept themselves in games and San Francisco's mm-hmm. just kind of not looked good. Like just, yeah. they're just not that good. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was half gut, half analytics and I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take that win. I wish, <laughs> okay. I wish I could have streamed them in the league that I wanted to win instead of Jacksonville. So I didn't have to have Matt Ryan dropping <laughs> a negative one on my head. <laughs> All right. Weekly notes. I'm going to give you a few headlines. You pick one for me and give me your spiel. We got Robert Tanyan's big day. Kenyon Drake takes advantage of J.K. Dobbins' absence. Brandon Ayuk's spike week. What you got? Yeah. Let's talk about Brandon Ayuk because that's kind of in the contrast to the to the mm-hmm. call that you just talked about. Yeah. Like what Brandon Ayuk did this week is why we all thought so highly of him coming into the year. Like even with the fact that they are a tr- uh, predominantly run first team. Like that's just how Shanahan has kind of always functioned. Ayuk is capable and has the skill set of pulling off weeks like this. We've seen it before and he really just did it again. Like 11 targets, eight touchdowns or eight touchdowns, eight receptions, 82 yards, two touchdowns. Like that's a phenomenal week. However you want to wrap it down. I don't know where he'll end up, you know, end of week, but he'll probably, he'll be a top 10 wide receiver. And it's like, I, I have to imagine that upside is exactly why we were targeting him where we were in drafts. And ultimately like even when you have a good matchup for the defense, like somebody is typically going to have a good game still. And for a lot of people, they were hoping it was Debo. I was hoping it was Debo, but it was Ayuk and that's okay because Ayuk's a very talented football player. And really we can extend this to the fact that all of the San Francisco pass catchers we care about really had relevant days um kittle had his best game of the year this week eight catches 83 yards i believe it was and yep. uh debo samuel had a, i believe six catches for like 71 yards which you know Se- not seven exactly for what you- 79 okay yeah he got grabbed another catch yeah. after i last checked but there you go so i mean like sometimes we're going to get the game scripts for san francisco where they're trailing and we're going to be able to get this I, I would think we'd actually get it more than we have been because i think that they've been so beat up by injuries that we're going to see it more often 
Yeah, I think a lot of it does fall on the fact that their defense is getting so beat up that they're just going to be having to they're going to have to throw the ball more like this more frequently, which I think is good news for us fantasy managers out here who are rostering the Ayukes, the Kittles, the the Samuels, even the Jeff Wilsons of the world, those who are still stashing Elijah Mitchell on the bench. Like these guys are going to keep getting play because there, there's just no way that that this defense who lost even more people today to injury, like they just can't keep themselves. They can't keep the team ahead like they used to, to run the ball 30 times a game. It's just not going to happen right now. Yeah. Before I get to the headline, I want to talk about, we it's looking like we're about to get our first score of the game in the Cowboys and Eagles. After three straight punts to start the game, the Eagles are not driving in the red zone for Dallas. We should have a score there soon, but I want to quickly talk about Kenyon Drake, who had a very good game for the Ravens today. In a game where J.K. Dobbins' knee tightened up a little bit, they say, and he didn't play as much in this game, specifically not really in the second half, we saw Kenyon Drake pretty well, play pretty well while he was out. But I don't think you want to chase this at all because they didn't, at least from what I've read, it didn't seem like this was something that's going to really hold out J.K. Dobbins moving forward. And we know that he's the starter. And we know that uh, Gus Edwards could be coming back at any point. I don't know if Kenyon Drake is going to have much of a role moving forward. And if he does, I don't expect it to be very much. Yeah, I agree with you fully there. They've talked about Dobbins before. Um, I forget which game it was, but they were talking about it during the broadcast where like the way his knee is healing is very different than the way a lot of ACLs typically heal. Most people they were saying um, who have ACL injuries, they have problems straightening their leg. He's actually having problems bending it still. Um, so maybe it was something like that where he bent it too hard, too quick, got tackled on it weird and it, and it locks up on him. But, but yeah, Kenyon Drake, I mean, we saw him in a starting role earlier this year and he did nothing like this was, right. a, this was the New York giants are beatable on the ground. Kenyon Drake got some good blocks, broke off a bunch of chunk plays. And if somebody in your league wants to trade you somebody of value for him, do it instantly like before yeah. this oh, yeah. day, before the day is over because he's like this is probably his season high like he had one reception for eight yards 119 yards and a touchdown like he's not gonna put up a better week than he did this week and i there's no reason to i wouldn't even really pick him up like i think Gus edwards is probably gonna be back next week like if he's if drake is available like as a top waiver priority i would let somebody else pick him up and I target one of the quote unquote lesser names uh, down the board. Yeah. That, that touchdown in particular was one of those plays where literally just blocked perfectly. The, the, the seas spread yep. and Kenny Drake just runs a straight line to the end zone. Yep. All right. Let's move on to some more headlines. We've got a chase Claypool sighting. Bailey Zappi looks polished or Mike Kosicki is still alive. Bailey Zappi's better than Mac Jones. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Give it to me. Mac Jones doesn't look this good <laughs> in this offense. I'm, and I shouldn't. I'm obviously that take is a little bit crazy. There's a reason they were drafted the way that they are. The talent Mac Jones is a talented quarterback, but I think Bailey Zappi's a better fit for how this offense needs to run on a week to week basis. I don't think the Browns defense is that bad. Even when he wasn't playing the Browns defense last week against, it was the Lions defense, but he had an 80% completion rate. Like obviously last week was more of a, here's a game plan. Don't mess it up kind of thing because we're going to win. This week was like, 
hi, I'm Bailey Zappi. Here's how to play quarterback in the NFL. Like it was just a flat out good game. He had the seventh longest completed pass, uh, like completed air yards this week so far. Like the man just looks like he knows how to play football. And sometimes in a Bill Belichick run offense, that's all you need to know how to do. You just need to not do the wrong thing. And he's doing that so far. Yeah, I think they're pretty similar of QBs in general. Yeah. Um, today, the Patriots uh, put a beating on the Browns. They The Browns had no answer for what the Patriots were doing. Uh, their offense was schemed up perfectly. It was like one of those days where it's like they ran the correct play at the correct time on every play where like on every play someone is running wide open. The Browns defense could not keep up with this offense at all. So I want to temper it a little bit for me. I don't know. I can't go this far, but I will say for one, for the disrespect that Bailey Zappi was getting for as, as a fourth round rookie, you got to throw that out the window. This dude is a, a quality player and absolutely deserves to be in the NFL and shown that he's an NFL quality quarterback. And I don't know, super flex leagues, like you maybe want to be interested in Bailey Zappi. He should minimum be on rosters because, I mean, Mac Jones could be back sometime soon. But with that type of injury, we don't know if like he could easily re-injure his ankle and Bailey Zappi could be back out there. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations where like it's weird rostering a quarterback handcuff, but it's worth it because what he did this week, like he didn't do. He, he wasn't like Trevor Lawrence and had a couple rushing touchdowns. He wasn't a Matt Ryan who threw the ball 50 sometimes with nearly 400 yards and three touchdowns. Like he just had a very seemingly pedestrian 34 attempts, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Like that's not, it's not a world beater, but that's like, that's Jimmy Garoppolo of last year where like, it's a solid floor play. Like you could do worse than putting him in that, in that spot. And yeah, maybe it is the Browns just had a horrible game. Like the, we can talk about the Brown side of the football too. Their offense didn't know how to get past Boy. what the plays were being called. They barely knew how to get past the line of scrimmage, let alone the New England defense. Um, but I mean, like, if if Cooper Rush kept starting after Dak was healthy, that's a shock. If Bailey Zappi keeps starting after Mac Jones is healthy, I don't think I can question that too much. Like the, what? Like realistically, it's Mac Jones. He's not a mobile quarterback, to say the least. Everything that he does is replicatable on a football field. And there's no reason that Bailey, if Bailey Zappi's healthy and he's in rhythm with the offense and the pass catchers are, are vibing with him and, you know, he's he's commanding the offense well, if he's, he's audibling plays and, and getting into the right sets and, and adjusting coverages as needed for the offensive line, like, if he can do that, there's nothing that he's doing right now that Mac Jones does better, in my opinion. Like... They're both field manager, or like they're both just game manager yeah. quarterbacks who keep you in the game. Bailey Zappi's got a little bit more arm strength. We saw him show it off in his senior year of college, super senior year, maybe whatever it was. <laughs> like, I just, I don't see a need to rush Mac Jones back at this point. Like, I think if anything, you can just let Mac get healthier if you are going to plug him back in. It's hot for me, but I can appreciate the take and I will remember this. It's in case something happens, I'll be telling everybody. You heard it from Jake Perry first. We got our first score in the game. Miles Sanders, five-yard touchdown with a resurgence to his career, proving that touchdown regression is a real thing. Very much so. <laughs> because he is, I think him and Damian Pierce have like the exact same stat lines this year. And like, mm -hmm. obviously, 
I shouldn't say obviously because it's not true. You got them basically at the same point in drafts. Like both of them yeah. were, one was being faded into Sanders oblivion later. in Miles Sanders. Yeah, one of them is being faded into oblivion, looking bad. I thought Pierce was being overdrafted. Looks yeah. like it was kind of right now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not right before the season started where he was going in like the sixth round. Like maybe that was a little early, but maybe not because he's also running back one right now. Yeah, I, I, I think that's proven to be the correct choice. The people who did draft him at that point were, were right. But I want to get into Mike Gesicki, who today had seven targets, six catches, 69 yards. Nice. Two touchdowns, season high, 75% route participation. That's really what I wanted to talk about him uh, because that's a real thing to pay attention to. Like we've seen Mike Kosicki grab a touchdown, you know, this season, but it's always been few and far between with how much he's playing and this actual amount of targets. But we got an actual legit game from him. He could be, you know, solidified as the number three receiver in the offense. It seems to be trending in that direction. Um, he was someone I was fading for a while in the offseason. Then, like an underdog, he got to the point where he was like going in like the 15th, 16th round. And I was like, all right, I'll take some Mike Kosicki now. Um, hey, he might be able to work himself back into fringe tight end one, or at least being able to stream him in certain matchups again, which is not something I thought was really going to be a possibility with the pessimism that was happening right before in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, for him, like he's one of those baffling cases of like, if he's on the field, there's a mismatch. If he's covered by a linebacker, it's a mismatch. If he's even in, I think he's a better athlete than a lot of like nickel corners will end up being. Like, obviously, he's not going to be beating the Jalen Ramseys of the world, but the guy's just, he's an athlete. He's flat out good mm -hmm. at football. And this offense shouldn't be like, we're seeing it with Jalen Waddle having, you know, consistently good games, Tyreek Hill having consistently good games. Like, these are guys just get the ball in their hand. Like, that's why two has been so successful. He's getting the ball in the hands. That's why Skylar Thompson looked at like a passable quarterback for a quarter and maybe two. That's why Teddy Bridgewater's yeah. looked solid when he's had to fill in for, for injured Tua. Like these are just a bunch of athletes. Just get the ball in their hand and see what happens. Like that's a better way to run the offense than like how Green Bay's doing it. And Mike Kosicki's yeah. arguably the most athletic tight end in football that's not named Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. Like if only he could learn to break a tackle, and yeah. it'd be great. That's the one thing one he of just these days. incapable of breaking tackles. One of these days, Cotton. One of these days. <laughs> All right. We've got four more headlines. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Uh, RB1 season starts today. DJ Moore, droppable. Juju turns back time. Or Wandell, rest of season, wide receiver one for the Giants. I hate to say it, but DJ Moore is droppable. And it sucks because I was probably more in on him at cost than a lot of players this year. Like I, his cost was there. I thought Baker was going to be a quarterback upgrade. It wasn't. I thought PJ Walker was going to be an upgrade over Baker just off of history. It wasn't. Jacob Easton's got a pretty good target rate of DJ Moore at this point, just from one, <laughs> what one target and five throws. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the offense is schemed away, from, like away from him, which is weird. Like he, he's still getting a decent amount of targets. He had seven targets today, but it's just like they're not in. They're not good targets. They're not in. The, yeah. They're not how he should be used. And I know Matt Rule fired Joe Brady because he wanted to get the offense away from using just CMC and DJ Moore. The offense looked better when they were just using CMC and DJ mm -hmm. Moore. The offense has gotten progressively worse as they've gotten away from the things that work. Weird how that works. Yeah. But it's just, 
there there comes a point where you have to cut bait and i even i probably the biggest dj more truther coming into the season like i'm done like i i can't yeah. i like i said i started him this week because i needed to he's not worth i'd rather have a, a samaj p ryan on my roster almost at this point in case mixing goes down yeah like that's I mean, where we're because the problem too is like he's dj more you you go to set your lineup and you're like he's dj more like i have to consider him but you know, you're messing up your, your chances every week because you're even yeah. considering putting them in your lineup. Yeah. Like I'm trying to see, okay. So looking at today, so they threw the ball 21 times. He had a 33% target share and got 3.7 PPR points. Yeah. Like what DJ Moore is not, again, not a Tyree kill. You don't throw him the ball at the line of scrimmage and expect him to go 60 yards down the field. Like we're, yeah. we've taken a guy who's been super successful in a role. I'll beat one with not a lot of touchdowns, but we took a guy who was good in a role and we put him in a completely different role. Why? Because you want to be different. Matt rule slash now yeah. Steve Wilkes slash now whoever <laughs> else is even in that team. Like it just makes no sense. I don't, we, we talked about this before the show too, with like the jets wide receivers. Like, why are you taking some of your most talented players off the field at any point? Like, mm -hmm. why is DJ Moore not a focal point of this offense? Like, maybe he is in terms of targets, but also they're not good targets. Like, yeah, they're not getting in creative ways. Uh, this is just one of those situations where, like, the offense is so dreadful. It doesn't matter how good of a player DJ Moore is. He can't succeed within this. CMC can still succeed because it's easy to just get the ball in his hands. It's not as easy to get it in DJ's more DJ Moore's hands, especially when you're not designing some plays to do it for him. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just he's he's got to go at this point. I don't understand how call it thirty of thirty-two offensive coordinators in football can figure out how to scheme the ball into their wide receivers' best hands, at least against zone coverage. Just right find soft zone spots to to take advantage of dj moore can't even get that like this i i'm not convinced that if we hit like the pick a play on madden it wouldn't be better at this point yeah all right let's go to another wide receiver who showed some hope today wandell robinson four targets three catches 37 yards got his first nfl touchdown not in a big you know crazy stat line first game back only played 35% of the routes, but with that, he had a 36% targets per route run. So basically, if he's running around a third of the time, they were getting the ball to him, which means they were trying to get the ball to Wandell Robinson. Kenny Galladay is complete dust. Um, Kadarius Tony shows lots of promise when he's on the field, but we can never get him there. Don't really know what's going on there. The rest of the team's wide receivers, we, Sterling Shepard looked good, but he's gone for the year. There's all this opportunity for Wandell to step in and be the wide receiver one for the Giants. Now, being the wide receiver one for the Giants, you know, that might only be a wide receiver three the rest of the season, right? Because they're a team that runs the ball a lot. That's that's the way they, they win their games. But that's still something really useful on a guy who was either, you know, in IR spots or on the waivers in probably most leagues. If he was on your waivers, hopefully you, you grabbed him before this weekend. If he was on waivers heading into this weekend, uh, he should be like priority add. I think there's a real chance that he could lead the Giants in targets from this point on. Yeah, he was only rostered in 8% of Yahoo leagues as of go. this moment. So like I was talking about earlier with Kenyon Drake, like I'm going to let somebody target the big 
points out of Kenyon Drake this week, and I'm putting my fab towards Wandell Robinson or my waiver priority towards Wandell Robinson. This is a guy, he's going to slot right into that role that we've saw seen Tony succeed in, that we've seen Sterling Shepard succeed in. The slot plays well in this offense. Danny Dimes, and, and it's not even the offense because it's a new scheme this year. Danny Dimes just likes throwing to the slot. He likes throwing to those guys, again, mm-hmm. that sit in the soft spots and zones. Always that are athletes that can do things with the ball in their hand. It's just, it's just how he is wired as a quarterback. And Wandell looks damn good doing it too. Like he's, he was almost out running his own feet and on the touchdown today, like the dude is just an Uber, again, just an Uber talented athlete, like really can do amazing things with the ball in his hands. He's like everything that we hoped Kadarius Tony could be this year too. Like, if yep. they're both on the field, it's going to be a wildly exciting offense, but I don't know if we even see Tony at any point in this year. He had one hamstring injury and then pissed off the coaches and then had another hamstring injury after seemingly making up with the coaches. I don't know what's ever going to happen yeah. there, but like Wandale's a guy that like, I'm, I have a league where I'm putting like 40% of my fab toward Wandell because like what, like realistically, like what else are we picking up at this point? Like backup running backs <laughs> in case of an injury, like, there's no other talent that's available. And if he's available and he can like, if, if that, even if that 30 per, 36% targets per outrun regresses to 27, 28%, that's elite territory. Yeah. And you expect his target or his routes to continue to increase as the yeah. year goes on. Yeah. I mean, like if this is his floor, which I really think it could be like, I'll take eight to 10 targets which is his upside in this offense. And he's a better athlete than any other player that's on the football field at any given time. That's not named Saquon Barkley. Yeah. We just got our next score of the game. The Eagles got a 15 yard touchdown pass to AJ Brown after Cooper rush through an interception. So now the Dallas Cowboys are about to be playing from behind. Not something I think that they're all equipped to do. Even more proof that Dak should instantly take back over for Cooper Rush and wins aren't a quarterback stat. Yeah, that's, you know, people get wild on Twitter. Whoever, anybody who ever even thought about Cooper Rush taking the job from Dak, you need to reassess yourself. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you can, yes, they've been winning. Cool. We know what Dak is as a quarterback and that's a top 10 quarterback in football. Yeah. Cooper Rush played very well. He's proven himself as a quality NFL QB. He just made he made himself a ton of money in this in these games because he's going to be a backup. He's going to have a job as a backup for many yeah. years after this. But he's he's a Chase Daniel. He, he's he's yeah. I think he's better than Chase Daniel too. Yeah. Where he's a guy who's going to sit as a backup quarterback for the rest of his career. He's going to probably make twenty thirty million dollars from here on out, and he's going to have a great life doing a whole lot of nothing. And then he's going to retire with a whole lot of money, and his knees are still going to work. Yeah. On that note, we are done here with the Sunday games. Jake, thank you very much for stepping in and crushing it as always. Uh, you can find all of our content on jwbfantasyfootball.com or on Twitter at jwb underscore ff. Like and subscribe so you can make sure to get in your feed. All of our videos coming up every week. We've got crushing the competition. We've got weekly sleepers. We got DFS corner. We've got the square scare prayer segment. All good stuff to get you ready for your week so you can win your matchups. Till next time, we'll see you.